Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show the DOJ is having to contradict what the White House was saying in regards to this story out of Texas. Because the White House, they just, they, they're, they're so eager to, to try to blame this border crisis on Republicans. And even, even for the most diehard Biden supporters, I'm not saying diehard Democrats, I'm saying the people who are so deluded and insane that they think Joe Biden is a good president. And if you're one of those people, please call in because I haven't heard from any of you in a long time. And I would love to discuss this. I want to I want to again try to understand the reality that you are blessed to be living in because the rest of us, it's not it's not fun out here. Okay, the rest of us are struggling to deal with Joe Biden's boom. But even the most diehard Biden supporters, you cannot try to convince me that you actually believe he's doing a good job with the border. And if you've convinced yourself that what's happening at the border is somehow Republicans or Trump's fault, then you need to tell us how this is happening. You need you need to give us the secrets because I wish, Jared, I was living in that alternate reality. It's a, it's probably a lot more pleasant. But Joe Biden now and his minions at the White House, they're so excited. Yeah, it's ghoulish. They're excited that they might have an opportunity to. And you know what? If the media was honest, they would say that Joe Biden's White House pounces and seizes and weaponizes on these on these stories, on these tragedies. They see a tragedy and they think, can we pin this on Republicans? Can we pin this on Greg Abbott? And they try their best. And unfortunately, the story was so false that his own DOJ couldn't have his back on it. His own DOJ, they, they couldn't go through with this big a lie. And there are some lies they'll go with for a while, but this one was too much even for the Department of Justice. So at first, the media is running with this idea that two children and a woman drowned in the Rio Grande because Border Patrol agents were blocked from saving them by officials in Texas. Now, that is not true. That is false. It did not stop all of these other outlets I could name them all, but you you know the drill here. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about AP. I'm talking about CBS. I'm actually talking about a lot of the, the outlets, Jared, that had uh, freelance journalists embedded with Hamas on October 7th. Same same group. Same general group. And so they, they want to try to convince people that if it, if it just wasn't for Greg Abbott blocking these officials, then they could have saved these drowning migrants. The problem with that is... That the Border Patrol agents who showed up 
and I'm not blaming them either, but they, they showed up on the scene an hour after it had occurred. So in no scenario would they have been able to save these migrants if if it weren't for being blocked by Texas officials. Now, whether it's Joe Biden or whether it's Kamala Harris, they're constantly trying to wash their hands of this problem. They don't want to take responsibility for it. And I know I've harped on this before, but I think it's important to remember that when Trump was president and he was in charge of the border, there was no grace given. There was no excuses that were allowed. It was all Trump's fault. And furthermore, all of these same people had a better way to do things. You know, they, they knew the right way to do things. They knew the humane way to handle this. And now that they're in charge, they're saying, well, you know, this this problem is multifaceted. And, and you know, we inherited a lot of issues. And th- they, they have more excuses than they know what to do with. So can I have, do we have Kamala Harris with the view? There, there's one cut, Jared, I believe she's trying to blame Republicans for the border crisis. And there's just a lot of cuts here where the VP is making a fool of herself. Let's let's play it. Do you think this is a crisis and what is being done to address the root causes of our immigration problems? I think the segue couldn't be more perfect because, I, listen, first of all, everyone knows our immigration system is broken. Right. Okay. The first bill that we dropped, the first bill that we offered right after inauguration was to fix the immigration system, a comprehensive plan to deal with the immigration system. Do you think they've taken it up? No. We want solutions. The solutions are at hand. But frankly, we're in an election year and the folks who want to return Donald Trump to the White House would prefer to talk about a broken immigration system instead of focusing on the solutions that are at hand. In other words, they didn't want to do exactly what we wanted them to do. And so we haven't tried anything else. Isn't isn't part of being a politician, especially such such a brilliant politician like Kamala Harris, because I remember being told just how wonderful she is and, you know, how accomplished she is and how ready she is for this job. Isn't learning how to compromise and negotiate and come to a deal, isn't that part of the job description? But now she's saying, I we wanted all of these things, so we brought something on the first day. And according to her, this was going to fix the immigration problem. Yeah. I'd I love to, you know, we got to drill down more on this comprehensive immigration package that they put forward, <clears throat> amnesty, that yeah. was going to fix the problem totally. Because talk about a magic bullet. If this thing was going to fix everything and, and Republicans won't pass it? Well, what are they thinking? And then, so basically, we tried on the first day. It didn't happen. And so now there's nothing we can do. I thought you guys were the A-team. You try the first, you try once, you strike out, and then what? The game's over? You sit down, you take your ball and go home? How does that work? I mean, we offered to make illegal crossings not be illegal anymore. I, I, I don't know what else we can do. Yeah, I think that- Our that, hands are tied here. Yeah, AO- Damn that Ron DeSantis. AOC has talked about this before. Like, all you have to do is document the undocumented. Yeah, just don't make it, don't make it a crime anymore, and, and it won't be an issue. It's worked out so well in San Francisco. If you stop making things crimes- and you stop arresting people for crimes, then people stop committing. Oh, wait, no, they don't stop committing crimes. But hey, at least everyone feels better about it, I guess. 
But yeah, so Kamala Harris is trying to pin this on Republicans. And it's all very predictable. Now, that's not the only thing happening at the White House, Jared. This story, this story really cracked me up. This is from Nicarema. It says Blinken's remarks about Fed walkout against admin over Israel are unbelievable. So we've talked before about how these staffers, these congressional staffers, they they stood on the steps and they had masks on. And they're all very upset because they they feel like Joe Biden isn't calling enough or strongly enough for a ceasefire in Gaza. And a lot of these Biden administration officials, congressional staffers, a lot of these people in D.C. are very pro-Palestinian. And more importantly, I think they're very anti-Israel. And so they've been doing all these things. They've been signing letters anonymously. Don't ask me how that works. Some sort of invisible ink that I'm not privy to. They've been doing all of these things that are supposed to be these like courageous, bold statements, sticking it to the man, sticking it to Joe Biden, sticking it to the boss. But they're all feckless and they're all cowards and they all still want to keep making money. You know, they still want to keep cash in those checks. So this this latest one takes the cake, though. It says, The workers who term themselves Feds United for Peace were planning a day of mourning. If you want to know what cowardly characters these folks are, their walkout, so they're supposed to have a walkout, was just supposed to involve them staying home anonymously on Tuesday. How do you stay? I have so many questions. How do you stay home anonymously? Is that how loose this workday is that no one even knows if you stay home? Even if you're working remotely, isn't there some sort of check-in process? Don't you have to keep the mouse active or something? It says to participate, the group Feds United for Peace asked workers to stay home from work to mark the day. They also asked participants to anonymously complete a pledge of participation. So the plan was to walk off the job. But you'd have to go into the job in order to walk off. So what is this, like walk off the couch type deal? Walk out of the the kitchen while the computer's on? I'm just... The... I'm just not impressed. To quote Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. This is your big act of defiance against Joe Biden, is you're going to anonymously stay home from work? Sign me up. I think the people, I mean, if somebody's not at work, it's like, hey, who's not here today? Oh, these people aren't here you today. You think. That's not so anonymous. You you would think, Jared, but I don't know if things are, if it's that tight of a ship with That's the Biden administration. I, I don't know if it's like, hey, where's Jody today? I haven't seen her. It makes you wonder how much work is getting done, but I'm not going to encourage I'm not going to encourage them to work harder because if what we've been seeing so far is a result of this White House working hard, then um, I would suggest some sort of perma vacation. I would suggest they they start following the boss's lead and just take some time off. 844-500-4242. We'll take your calls when we come back. I also want to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and we are going to touch on the Fannie Willis scandal more because you know it's bad when the Daily Beast is saying you have a problem. That's a sign for Fannie Willis that the clock might be running out here. I don't think it bodes well. And you know what I don't think was smart, Jared? I don't know if her honey, her um, lover, her boo, Nathan Wade, I don't know if he's still advising her, 
But maybe she should bring in some some more experienced lawyers, because if I was her lawyer in this case, I might say, don't give the speech at the church in Atlanta where you compare yourself to MLK Jr. And you talk about how all of this is racist. It it wouldn't be my move. I'd be like, maybe just stay. Maybe Hunter Biden's legal team is advising her. They're like, yeah, go out there. Go out there and give this speech. But that speech could become a problem for her. Because I think in her own way, she kind of admitted to a lot of the things she's being accused of in this Fulton County case. Yeah, and she didn't do it in book form, so it's not legally excusing anything. Yeah, it's not cleaning her of all of her sins. You're right, Jared. Um, When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Get on the lines now. If you know me, you know that I love steak. And it's not just steak, though. I talk about Omaha Steaks. I talk about these packages you can get delivered right to your door. And people will ask me, like, oh, what's your favorite kind of steak? Or what do you get? I love the steaks and I love the hamburgers. But there's so many delicious things you can order from Omaha Steaks. And right now, they're offering this awesome deal where if you use, if you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, you use that word grace, my listeners are going to get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich juicy boneless pork chops the pork chops are sneaky really a a great part of this package they are delicious and people people don't give pork chops enough attention yeah that's one of the meats you really don't think about and then you have it you're like why don't i have this more often and their pork chops are fantastic emma actually was talking about how uh, the first time she ever cooked a pork chop it was uh, an omaha steaks pork chop and she loved it and i feel like pork chops i don't want to say they're easy to make but it's a little bit less scientific. Like if you go a little over or you know what I mean? It's still really. Oh, don't go a little under. <laughs> don't go a little under. But if you go a little over, yeah, they're it still really it good. It doesn't ruin the texture or anything. Exactly. Like the way you can destroy chicken if you cook it too long. And, and you know what else I'll add in here is I saw this clip I was telling Taylor and Emma yesterday. I saw this old cut of Aretha Franklin. She was being interviewed and the the person said to her, like, what's the hardest part of your day? And she said, trying to decide what I'm going to have for dinner every night. And the older I get, the more I think back on that. And I go, it is like you start to realize every night I have to decide what I'm going to cook. And some nights you're just like, I don't know. I don't have any ideas. I'm not. Well, you don't have to worry about it because you've got a freezer full of options. You don't have to stress. And if you want to decide at six o'clock at night, hey, I changed it up. I decided to have a hot dog instead of a hamburger. You can do that with these packages from Omaha Steaks. Again, go to omahasteaks.com slash grace and you'll get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts, four free rich juicy boneless pork chops with your order you're gonna love every bite that's the omaha steaks guarantee so head over to omahasteaks.com don't forget to do slash grace to get the four free chicken breasts the four free pork chops with your order hurry this offer won't last long but you're gonna love it minimum purchase may apply we'll be right back with your calls this is the grace curly show the grace curly show will be right back This is The Grace Curley Show. Do you think this is a crisis, and what is being done to address the root causes of our immigration problems? I think the segue couldn't be more perfect because, listen, first of all, everyone knows our immigration system is broken. Right. Okay. The first bill that we dropped, the first bill that we offered right after inauguration, 
was to fix the immigration system. A comprehensive plan to deal with the immigration system. Do you think they've taken it up? No. All right, uh, a couple of other things I wanted to add in here. One of the textures pointed out the root causes. Wasn't that her whole gig in the beginning when she became the border czaress or czarina, however you put it? She was going to get to the root causes, and I think she did. The root causes are other countries have issues, and we're supposed to fix all of those problems. And then maybe if we fix everybody else's problems, they'll stop coming here. I I believe that was her plan. Uh, Second, it's weird to me that even in that cut when she's talking about the border crisis, which I don't think there's any spin on that that makes it funny, you can hear that she wants to laugh. Like she's suppressing her (laughs) laugh. In the background. And my third point, <laughs> I'm not going to say because I think the callers want to point it out. I did just get a text from my dad and it, I'm mad I didn't think of this in the moment, but I don't want to step on any of the callers' toes. So I'm going to let Brian take it here. What's going on, Brian? Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, yeah, so day one when that bill was supposed to come out, the Dems had control of the House and she was the tiebreaker vote in the Senate, so they could have done whatever they wanted, and they did nothing. So anybody that listens to The View and thinks it's news, thinks it's true, is a moron. Brian. Someone on there could have, someone over there could have just spotted, oh, oh, by the way, how come you didn't do it? You yeah. Know, they don't do it. Exactly, Brian. Exactly. This is the text I got from my dad. He said the Democrats had control of White House, Senate, and Congress when Biden was inaugurated. Biden, Schumer, and Pelosi, but sure, blame the Republicans. And Brian just pointed that out as well. It's it's the obvious point. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But not if you're Joy Behar, you know, and not if you're Whoopi Goldberg. You're not going to bother her with those facts. Uh, speaking of vice president, and we'll get back to this because the border is a huge story today. Um, but the poll question has to do with that as well. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nossip Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nossip Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NossipBeachInn.com. That's NossipBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question, and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is who should be Donald Trump's vice president, Vivek Ramaswamy or other? I wouldn't mind Vivek. I wouldn't mind Vivek. I, I don't, I really have to think about everybody and their dynamics with Trump and Vivek might be too much of a strong personality to kind of gel well with Trump. But for right now, for today, and I reserve the right to change my mind, I'm going to say sure. Give it, I, I like the Vivek for VP. Kind of rolls off the tongue. 36% for Vivek, 64% say other. Another thing I just would like to point out here, going back to that previous conversation and that wonderful caller, Brian, you could use that same argument. And it's not even an argument. It's just a fact. But you could use that whenever the left leading into this this upcoming presidential election, whenever they try to explain away all of the problems they created by blaming Republicans and saying, like, Republicans wouldn't give us money for this. Republicans wouldn't pass a law for this. They do this a lot with gun control. It's like, why didn't you guys just do it? You had everything. Why didn't you do it then? That's how you know they're full of malarkey. Because they had the chance to do it when it comes to a lot of these issues, and they didn't. They didn't do any of it. But now they want to blame Trump, and they want to blame Republicans, and they want to blame Mike Johnson, and they want to blame MAGA Americans. And it's just... 
just BS. When we come back, I want to talk about COVID. And also, we got to spend some time talking about my favorite, the lady of the hour, Fanny Willis. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. You know what's a, a crazy part of this story about the work walkout? I don't know if it's like a work from home walkout. Don't show up to work anonymously. I, again, I don't understand. Maybe I'm just, I'm a millennial. I should understand this. I'm not that old school. But I don't get how you don't show up for work anonymously. Do they not do head counts? Do they not do attendance checks? Is there no sort I know there's not a punch card. I know if you're working for Joe Biden, there's no sort of punch card. But surely, surely you're working in the White House or you're working for one of these agencies, one of these 22 agencies. Surely there's some sort of log system. Yeah, you probably have to log into your computer that they track from home. Or... So you just don't log in that day. Yeah. But that's not anonymous. But that's not anonymous. Yeah. So what do you do? You log in and then like pull a Homer Simpson, just have like the drinking bird thing hitting a key. Oh, my friend used to do that. So my friend, uh, remember that year? It was it was one of the first years I started working for Howie. So it was probably 20, 2016 or 2017. There was a lot of snow that year. And one of my friends, her company would let them work from home. And one day she told me she was working from home and she wanted to go grab lunch with her parents. It was a snowstorm. She wanted to grab lunch. So she took a brick and she put it on her keyboard just so it would keep typing and it would look like she was active. And I'm sure now they have probably they have probably have programs where you can do that, where you can always look like you're you're busy typing away. Oh, I'm working. sure you could get some type of AI program. to Yeah. Yeah. Some robot. Well, here, Jared, this is the best part, though. I, I skipped over the best part. I'm like the New York Times, completely burying the lead here. Blinken's response to this, here's his quote. The institution that I want to have is a place where people feel comfortable doing that. You want to have an institution where people feel comfortable not showing up for work anonymously. Again, whatever that means. That's the kind of ship you're trying to run. This is the end goal. I mean, I understand. Was it Machiavelli who said uh, feared or loved? You'd rather be feared or loved? And he, I think he said you'd rather be feared than loved if both aren't an option or something. I understand not maybe wanting to be loved to be a good boss, but this kind of takes it to a whole nother level. Imagine if Howie said that to us. The place I hope to have here at Howie Car Radio Network is a place where you don't show up for work and you do it anonymously. So not only are you walking off the job, but no, there's no repercussions for it. Isn't that the point of a walk-off? Like the point of one of these protests is that you have to have some skin in the game. There has to be something at risk here. There has to be something that you're risking. In your mind, in the minds of these social justice warriors who are, you know, releasing rats into McDonald's to somehow free Palestine. Don't ask me how that works. But in their minds, their cause is so important that it's worth the fallout of walking off the job. But this is the nutty world we live in. They don't even have any repercussions because they get to walk off the job anonymously. 
this is the Secretary of State of the United States of America. For all intents and purposes, the most powerful person in the country. It was just like, eh, you know, cool, take a spa day, whatever. Jared, he, he wants them to do this. He right? wants them to feel comfortable. I would hope you wouldn't I would hope you wouldn't show up for work. I would hope you feel comfortable enough in this place where when you disagree with us, you don't show up at all. Like what's next? Is he gonna say, you know, I I would hope that you'd come in here and just spit on me and slap me in the face while you're at it and then walk off the job. Maybe you get a bonus if you do that. I, you know what? Hey, if the Secretary of Defense can do it, uh, who can't? Good point. Good point. Uh, Norm, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Norm. Hi, Grace. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the upcoming New Hampshire primary. Yes. Uh, I think Trump will win. I think Trump will win, but he's got to be careful because I don't like the thought of Haley winning New Hampshire and going into her home state with momentum. If Trump does lose New Hampshire... We all know he's completely incapable of acknowledging loss. Do you think he'll run with it's rigged and stolen, or do you think he'll come up with a new lie as to why he lost New Hampshire? Or will he just go with the rigged and stolen? Like, has that not played itself out yet? If Trump loses New Hampshire, which I haven't been following those polls really closely— but I don't know. I don't know. Like I said this yesterday, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how any of this will play out. If I had to make my – if history is any guide, Norm, I definitely think he will – because he said this about New Hampshire before, that he doesn't necessarily trust all of the processes there. And, again, this is something – I'm just pointing this out – that both sides of the aisle do. Everyone likes to deny when they lose. Nobody's a good loser. doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I was on his team, Norm, I would say just keep rolling, like just keep going to the next one. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Nikki Haley is going to win New Hampshire. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And if you, if you are reading the New York Post, if you're reading a lot of these Rupert Murdoch publications, maybe you think she's going to really pick up steam here. And Michelle Wu is going to be there on Saturday recruiting people to not vote for Trump. So is that what she's spending her time doing? Yes. She's, she said to uh, Panhandler Radio that she was uh, going to be up there on Saturday there's nothing, to push people. There's nothing she could concern herself with in the city of Boston. Oh, uh, party season is over, so you don't have to bar white people from doing stuff. So she's got a bunch of free time Oh, now. she has no segregated parties to plan. Yeah. What's the next holiday, like Valentine's Day? Can you have a segregated Valentine's Day party? Does that, does that, I don't know. I don't know if it has the same, the same ring to it as a segregated holiday Christmas party. Imagine all the issues we have here in the city of Boston, and she's saying she's going to go spend her time convincing people not to vote for Donald Trump in New Hampshire. You have nothing else that you could worry about. These people need to write down a list of priorities. You need to write lists. Lists are very helpful. I would have to imagine if Michelle Wu talked to some people that live in the city, that they would go through maybe a couple of things before they'd get to, and then I'd really love you to go to New Hampshire for the primary and convince people not to vote for Donald Trump. I just don't think that's the best use of her time. Good Lord. Yeah, I don't know what Trump will do. if Nikki, it's, here, Here's one thing that I want to point out, though. And this is something where I disagree with Trump's strategy. He focuses so much. Like today he came out with a true social about Nikki Haley. And I am of the mindset 
And if anyone disagrees, you can call in. That's what we encourage here. But I'm of the mindset that if you're ahead by all these points, which it does seem like he is, like the polls are suggesting that he had a historic win in Iowa. I mean, the, the biggest win in the modern history of the, the Iowa caucus. So there's no doubt that this guy is, in my mind, the nominee. But these guys are acting like there's no doubt about it. When he starts writing these true socials about Nikki Haley, I'm just thinking, you're you're lending credence to this idea that she's neck and neck with you. Like, stop acting. She didn't even come in second in Iowa. She came in third. So treat her like she came in third and ignore her. But when you when you dedicate all these true socials, and again, I know people will call in and say, I just don't get it. You know, and there's some sort of 4D chess at play. And I can't even play regular chess, let alone 4D chess. So that's definitely, it's definitely part, probably part of the problem. But I just think that if you're so far ahead of everyone and it's a done deal, start acting like it. Start acting like this is this game is over. That was something he did in Iowa that I thought was good. Was when he said, you know, I actually didn't think Ron did bad or Nikki did bad. That kind of bigger person attitude I know is difficult for him he's so tempted all the time to just rub people's noses and stuff and I get that that's part of what makes him great but once in a while it's okay to be like oh you know I can't even that drives people nuts too if you just ignore and you rise above and if you're really this far ahead if there's really nothing for you to worry about stop talking about it you're, you're just you're you're giving them more credit than they deserve Sam, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Sam. Hi. Yeah, I think, do you think if Trump loses, could he say that uh, New Hampshire voters were uh, abducted by Antifa members and that's why he lost? I Is this the same caller? It might be the same caller. I don't know if Trump loses. Uh, that is a different number, but uh, sounds the same. The, the the moon bat conk has been blown. Let's say. Yeah, you know what it is though. It's always these people who call up and they 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 really think, like you can hear the smugness where they really think they're gonna get me. Like if Trump loses, here'd be my response to Sam at this point. I tried to, but I shouldn't have. I don't really answer hypotheticals. Like, if Trump loses, guess what, Sam? We'll do a show on it. You can call in, and then we can go back and forth. But there's a lot of ifs that could happen in between now and then. So maybe we'll just wait on it. 844-500-4242. Now, here's something I don't think Sam would probably want to talk about, but I think it's an interesting story. That would be Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis and the Fulton County scandal. There's a story in the Daily Beast that explains why this case and why Fannie Willis is in so much trouble. And it's by Andrew Fleischman. I thought he did a good job of laying out the problems here. And I'm just going to read you a couple of them. So what he explains is that despite some of the speech we played yesterday, where Fannie Willis compared herself to MLK Jr. and also blame this whole thing on people expecting black women to be perfect. During that speech, she also claimed that the reason people were attacking her lover, boyfriend, lawyer, co-worker, wears many hats, was because of his skin color. Now, I'm just skipping around here because Andrew Fleischman 
disagrees with me on a few things. So if you want to read the whole thing, you can go to the Daily Beast. But he said she claimed that Wade's race and not his limited criminal litigation experience was the basis of public skepticism and noted that people had not scrutinized the other two special prosecutors who were white about their credentials. Now, the other two special prosecutors not only are way more qualified than her boy toy, way more qualified. But she also paid them less. And she said she didn't. She said that everybody was paid the same rate. That's not true. In fact, they were billed, these two other lawyers who she says, oh, you know, they they just aren't getting a hard time because they're white. No, they're not getting a hard time because one of them. You're white, then you've been effed. Is the leading expert in Georgia on state RICO prosecutions. So if I'm that guy, I'm like, not only did you not pay me the same amount as your boyfriend, but now you're trying to say that I'm getting some sort of pass because I'm white. If I was one of these people, I'd say I'm getting a pass because I'm qualified and because I'm not having a relationship with you. That's why I'm getting a pass because I didn't do anything wrong. We got a RICO guy to do a RICO case or we get a divorce lawyer to do the RICO case. Oh, yeah. No, no. Divorce lawyer. Uh, Every day of the week. Well, do you know what else, though, in this Daily Beast column they go into they go into nathan wade's resume and you know some of his past accomplishments and i just want to read you one paragraph said in her speech fanny willis argued that wade was competent because he had been hired as a special counsel by a white republican when cobb county hired him to conduct an investigation into jail deaths so that was like his why he had credibility oh he'd been hired to conduct this investigation into jail deaths But a local news station, because it's always a local news station who breaks these stories, successfully argued that the investigation was only launched to prevent the public from filing open open records requests into the deaths. So it was really just like a cover-up investigation. At the hearing, Nathan Wade admitted that despite spending five months talking to deputies and investigating the issue, he had failed to keep a single note. Five months of investigating and not a single note. At that point, you just write things down. like a vice. Wouldn't you just write things down because you're bored? Wouldn't you just write things down because it's something to do while you're talking to all these people? I sit here and I sit here for this show, a radio show. I'm not investigating jail deaths. I'm just sitting here hosting a show and I write down notes all day long. It's just a good way to get yourself focused. He does a five-month investigation, not a single note. He's like that waiter who will always say to you, I don't need to write it down. And then they keep coming back and being like, do you say Diet Coke or regular Coke? Oh, Sprite. Okay, okay, I'll be right back. It says Cobb County quickly settled and turned the papers over. This suggests that Wade might not have been selected because he was especially diligent, but rather because he could be trusted to help keep a secret. I feel like that part of it was more important to Fanny Wade. The whole keeping, I'm sorry, Fanny Willis. Chump the gun there. Maybe in the future, depending how this pans out. I feel like the keeping a secret was more important to Fanny. I want to read you something else here, too, from this story. The man's credentials are, regardless, a bit of a sideshow. They are relevant only to suggest that there was a personal relationship between Willis and Wade. It certainly doesn't help that Wade filed divorce papers the day after Fanny Willis hired him. Play it cool, you know? I I get if it's love at first sight. I get that. But you file the divorce papers the day after you get the job. Are we in that much of a rush here? Is this love that urgent that we can't wait a little bit? 
Well, he didn't want his soon-to-be ex-wife to get any of that cash he was getting, so you got to file the paperwork now. That's a date of separation. Yeah, he said to his ex-wife, if you think you are going on a Norwegian cruise, you are out of your damn mind. Just kidding. You've been waiting for it, and now it's here. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier BOGO offer is on. The Thunderstorm is a lifesaver. If you have a kitchen mishap, unwanted tobacco odors, or any unpleasant scent, this gets rid of it. It's a really, really awesome device. It clears out any bad smells, anything weird in your house. It clears it out instantly. And a lot of people ask us if it really works. It does. So I love this device in my kitchen. I also love this device in my basement because, you know, you get that musty base. It doesn't matter how clean your basement is. It's going to get that musty smell. The Eden Pure is small. You plug it into the wall. You turn it on. It's quiet, but you will notice a difference within minutes. That's how powerful this device is. So uh, take advantage of the BOGO offer. It ends this Sunday. That's buy one, get one. Here's what you want to do. You want to go to EdenPureDeals.com and you want to put in code GRACEBOGO. Again, if you want to get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier and get another one for free, just go to EdenPureDeals.com, code GraceBogo. That's EdenPureDeals.com, code GraceBogo. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. We still got a lot more show to get to. And there's a crazy story from the Epic Times about the CDC and how they drafted this alert about myocarditis. Remember myocarditis? Like, you weren't allowed to talk about that. Dr. Marty McCary's talked a lot about it. Um, but if you brought that up, you were part of the group that the White House and Facebook and Twitter had to censor. You know, social media had to take you down because you weren't allowed to scare people by asking questions or bringing up problems with the COVID vaccine. Well, it turns out the CDC actually had an alert drafted and ready to go, um, but they never sent it. And it was regarding myocarditis and COVID-19 vaccines. Seems so like useful information. Yeah, we are going to talk about that. And we are going to talk about the Daily Wire story about some of the propaganda that certain groups were paid to create to counter the other propaganda that the White House doesn't like. It's it's very strange. But uh, one thing I wanted to say, Jared, I was just thinking about this. We had that caller saying, oh, if Trump loses in New Hampshire, what do you think he's going to do? And will he say this or will he say that? The weird thing about when people call up the show and they hate Trump is that I can tell how emotional they think I'm going to react, if that makes sense. I can tell how. Yeah, they think they're going to get. Yeah. They think I'm going to become unhinged that they say something about Trump because it's projection. It's like, no, you are very emotional about this person. It does not elicit the same emotions for me. Maybe it would. Maybe it did when I was younger, like when I first got into this, it would. But it's politics. Like, I'm not married to any of these people. If you don't like Donald Trump, that's your prerogative. But you're not going to send me on some sort of a spiral because you don't like him. There are other issues maybe I'll get maybe I'll get very angry about. But otherwise, I'm kind of sitting here going, 
Are you okay? You sound like you're very bothered by this. I'm down to talk about what will happen, what won't happen. But I'm okay. We'll be right back. 